Welcome to episode 61 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Leadership teams need members who not only have a voice, but also have feet. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Leadership in Context. This is Keith Tusi. We've been talking about common mistakes or errors. Mistake might even be too strong a word for some of the things I've been sharing, but just oversights or misadjustments, you know, I'm kind of talking about bringing some equilibrium to some of the plumb lines we need when we're building a team. So I want to share with you something that I think is real important uh, that's worth talking about with your team and as a leader really leading the way in these things. Uh, Of course, we've spent some time talking about developing an environment where you can actually draw people out and it's like a Pharisee-free zone where they can really talk. And that is really critical to the culture of the team. Uh, And the reason why it's so critical is because if you don't have that, you won't get work out of the team. So that's really my point with you tonight is this. The purpose of the team is to work. It's to get things accomplished, not to identify problems, not to come up with great philosophical solutions. That's part of what the team does. The end game of the team, the end result of the team is to get the work done. Let me say it like this. If somebody wants to have a voice, they need to have feet. So there needs to be something that you're training them in, whether it's at home, in your business, in the church, that where you're giving them an audience that they understand that at some point, at some level, that you expect them to walk some of these things out, whether it's something they're bringing up or something another team is bringing up. Because a very unhealthy scenario is when everybody brings things and dumps them at the feet of the pastor. Uh, I think I shared in one other podcast that when somebody, especially from the church at large, would give me an idea, I would say, good, I want you to write that down. And uh, how often I would never hear about it again. And then after they, sometimes they would write it down. And I thought if it had merit, I would have a meeting with them. If it didn't have merit, by the way, you should always get back to people and tell them, hey, that won't work right now, or here's the reason why, or otherwise you're going to stifle good input. But you want to train them that if they're going to be part of an idea team, (laughs) that they've got to be part of a work team. You know, the biblical principle is this, that where there's authority, there's responsibility. And while the pastor or the business owner, you know, is the final authority, uh, the truth is when you're giving somebody a voice, you're giving them delegated authority. The reason, for instance, in a local church setting that the pastor should have the final authority is that when he stands before God, He's the guy that's going to have the final responsibility. God's not going to say, well, you know, you can blame it on those elders. You can blame it on the small group leaders, or you can blame it on your staff. No, the Bible says that he's going to give an account uh, for those people that were entrusted to him. So we want to, you know, teach that and model that, that if we're giving that voice, that we expect them to use their feet. In other words, that there's work associated Uh, with this calling to be part of a leadership team, and that where there's authority, there must be a responsibility. The two go together. Uh, I'll tell you what, perk your ears up sometime and listen to leaders in church talk. Uh, A few years ago, the Lord just kind of shot my antenna up one time when I was teaching on leading 
Then I was working with some people and I was listening to people tell me what they did. This is what they did. And then there was somebody in the crowd and I don't know if they caught it, but in that group, they talked, they started talking about what they led. In other words, you just don't want your leadership th team to do things. You want them to do things. You want them to lead the worship. You want them to lead the children's ministry. You want them to lead the missions, uh, or you want them to do those things, excuse me. But you want them to lead those things, not just be doers. You want them to be team builders, because if they can lead one thing, there's a chance they can lead other things. If they only do one thing, there's a chance they can't do multiple things. Are you with me there? That's what leaders do. That's one of the things that separate leaders and doers. Doers can do something really good, uh, but leaders can usually multitask. They can do one thing, they can lead another, and they're going to think in those terms. So one sometimes the thing that stops change in a leadership team uh, is a lot of talk and no action, okay? So you really want to walk away from those team meetings and say, okay, what were our action items tonight? And sometimes people love stability so much that they really don't enforce change. Here's my commentary on that. If stability is a value, and I think to some degree it should be, let the stability be in the process. In other words, when people see change happening, let them be comforted and let them be stable knowing that there's a process that's happening and that process is stable. You know, it's like if you're you're building a bridge, the process or the stability is not in, oh my goodness, you know, we added another girder. The stability is in, oh, we've got an engineer and he's going to make sure when you add that girder that it's right, okay? So let the stability be in the fact that you've engineered this thing, that there's a there's a process going on in the back room, so to speak. So if you don't do that, what will happen is your leadership team will become institutionalized. There'll be a division between them and the church. The, the, uh, a bureaucracy will develop because really what you'll have is you'll have a, a bureaucratic kind of hand-me-down authority and that is not what servant leadership looks like. You want to have servant leadership. Now, here's one of the ways I think you can protect that so it doesn't fall into that tendency of becoming bureaucratic. And that is that for every leader on your team, that there is a set review time. Maybe the whole team gets reviewed, you know, every year, every October, every January, whatever it is. And there's a review where you can really look at what they did and what they're leading, not what was their input, not what was their wisdom, not if they're a preacher, teacher, you know, how good was their message, as, as great as that is, but what did they do, what they did lead, what did they have accomplished? Now, one thing I think that's helpful is that I think, you know, in every other realm of endeavor, there's a time constraint. In other words, you appoint somebody to something, there's a time it's going to be for a year. It's going to be for two years. And what that does, I think, is it, help people, it helps people focus. And I think you're communicating in some way, at least, that there's room for other people to join this team. This isn't like the Supreme Court of the United States that you can be embalmed and still be on that team. You can have an artificial pulse, okay? And it also does something very important, I think. It gives people a gentle exit when it's time for them to exit. I think sometimes in our churches, the only way high-level leaders 
can blend out is to literally leave the church. And I've addressed that to some degree before. But it gives them a gentle exit. The other thing that review really does is sometimes somebody does something pretty good or even excellent, but it's really still not their calling. But they get stuck in that venue. So years go by and they're stuck in that venue doing something and what they do well is almost being held against them rather than what they would really do fruitfully or what they're really excited about, what they could really multiply themselves or multiply that ministry in. So I think by having a review and asking some good diagnostic questions like, what do you want to do this year? Or what do you want to do in your next term, your next couple of years? You know, what really is floating your boat? What's getting you excited? Because you know what? That's going to change. Now, listen. If you're a business leader, you know that to be true. If you just do the same thing day in, day out, you do for five years, there's going to be a boredom that comes, and you're going to lose your edge on that thing. Good pastors know. I mean, if you just go through the same thing all the time, if that thing is not shaken up and baked up a little bit, you know what? That's going to lose its edge to us. And listen, if it loses its edge to us, What does it taste like or what does it feel like to the people we're trying to lead with that? So I think by having that review, when people join the team, say, listen, I want you to join this team for a year or two years. And then at that time, we'll review, we'll see where you're at. That way, they don't get stuck in that same thing, okay, even if they may be good at it. It also kind of forces their hand a little bit to be developing leaders You know, that can be part of our vision statement, but if it's not part of our action plan, you know what happens? It doesn't happen because a squeaky wheel gets the grease sometimes and we don't really promote the mission. We just promote what needs to be done at that moment. That's just human nature. That's why vision is so important. That's why leaders are so important. That's why we need these guys to lead and not just do. So that's just a couple ways not to get stuck. Let's not have leadership teams. Let's not have feedback teams that their only obligation is to give a great opinion, but they understand that they're part of the doing team, that when all hands are called on deck, they are the first guys that show up, and they're leading not just by wisdom, which is obviously great, but they're leading by example. Hey, share this with somebody because I think it'll help and bless some people you know, maybe a lot of different applications, maybe to some people leading in your church. So, uh, you know, I love sharing this with you because I know it really will empower you and bless you and what you're doing is important. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. Thanks for being with me for this podcast of Leadership in Context. Today, Keith continued the discussion on team building. Leadership team means members who have a voice and have feet, those who will lead and those who will do. Leadership teams that not just lead with wisdom, but also lead by example. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes, or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.